This is episode 48 with Scott Colby. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, men of abundance? It is Halloween, and my little guy is excited about getting outside. But I have to tell you, there is nothing spooky going on over here at Men of Abundance. In fact, it is extremely inspiring what we're going to talk about today. We're talking with Scott Colby today, another amazing for-purpose business getting started over here. This is truly abundant. When I first heard this story, I absolutely had to get Scott on the line. And we talk a little bit about that, about how we got connected and how I first heard about him. Now, before we get started, I want to mention very quickly another for-purpose business. Well, I call it a for-purpose business anyway, because they are providing an amazing service for any of you out there who is trying to get a business started, launching a book, launching a course, have a nonprofit organization that you have coming up, or just about anything else that you want to get out to the public. Think about this. If you've ever thought about what you're doing, if you thought about putting it on a radio show, why would you do that? A radio show is a flash in the pan, and it normally costs quite a bit of money to get on a radio show, let alone TV, or even in print. I don't know if you realize this just yet, but podcasts stick around for a very long time, if not forever. Who can tell? But the bottom line is this. There are podcasts out there that are five, six, seven years old with somebody's message very similar to yours. What's even more amazing than that is these messages are talking directly to those ideal customers, your ideal customers. So I strongly encourage you to get on a podcast, either get on my podcast or find out how you can get on a podcast that specifically fits your niche. That's where Interview Valet comes in. Interview Valet provides the service to not only find the perfect podcast for you, but to network and connect with the podcast host because it's hard to get on a podcast unless the hosts trust you. So once they gain trust for you, then they coach you on how to talk on the podcast. They coach you through the podcast. They coach you after the podcast on what to do. They even share on the social media your show along with graphics and everything. So you can find out everything you want to know about Interview Valet by going to the show notes of this show at menofabundance.com forward slash 048 or go to menofabundance.com and click on the resources tab. Scroll to the bottom where you will find the Interview Valet logo and link. There's a cool video on their site that explains everything they do. And when you get a hold of Tom over there, tell him Wally sent you. I know he'll take excellent care of you either way. So let's introduce our feature guest, Scott Colby. It's no doubt when you look at scottcolby.com, you'll see that he is doing amazing things in the health and fitness arena. What he's known for is helping men and women look amazing for their model shoots. But the specific reason why I wanted to have this conversation with Scott was because of what he's doing with thank you cards. Yeah, that's right. You heard me right. Thank you cards. It is an amazing project that he's working on and you definitely want to listen in and pay attention to what he's doing because this right here is truly an abundant leader with everything that he's doing. And I absolutely love this story. I know you will too. Scott, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. 
Hey, Wally, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, this is always pretty exciting. Where are you at in the world? I'm in Denver, Colorado, and uh, we ju- actually just, th- the temperatures just dipped down to the 30s overnight for the first time this season. Uh, I know we're recording this at the beginning of October, so it's coming early. It is, and I see other people already talking about how cold it's getting in certain parts of the United States and the world for that matter. Uh, and uh, it, that brisk air first thing in the morning, there's a lot to be said for it, but I like to have it when I feel like it, not like all year <laughs> long. So the, <laughs> hence the reason why I live in Hawaii. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> but sure. it is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful, that brisk air first thing in the morning. Yeah, it definitely uh, gets you energized, especially if you have a good morning routine, um, which I know we might even talk about. So yeah, I'm ready to rock. Yeah, we will definitely get into that. And before I start out the show officially, um, what I like to do is get started with the, an attitude of gratitude. So what do you have to be grateful for today? Uh, I love I love that question and that you're starting out with that because I am big on gratitude, um, trying to make a business <laughs> out of it. But I actually am grateful today for my parents and really every day, right? My mom and dad, um, you know, they've been very supportive as far as anything that I try to do, whether I'm struggling with my business or I have a successful, um, you know, time frame in my business, whether they are just welcoming me back to their home for the holidays, whatever the case may be, they've really taught me what it's all about as far as work ethic, uh, be respectful of people, to give to others, and I owe a lot to them. I am grateful today for my mom and my dad. And that's definitely a lot to be grateful for. Uh, some of us, you know, regardless of how things go with our parents, we always end up learning something. And in some cases, it's not always a good thing. But fortunately, it was a very good experience. Yeah, and I think when you're longer, when you're younger and, and growing up, you might not <laughs> like their mm-hmm. advice. But now that I'm an adult and getting older, I see they had my best interests at heart. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You know, I've got I've got a 22 year old and a and a teenager, and then I've got a little little guy, seven years old, and okay. I just wish that you know we always say why don't people learn from the past? <laughs> but right. kids just have to go through that, and it certainly is. I know my teenager now is going through that same thing as well. Yeah, well, they will definitely appreciate you as they get into adulthood and see what life is really like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan, anyway. So before we got started here, I mentioned a brief bio, talked a little bit about you, but Men of Abundance, we like to get to know the man and the person behind the greatness and behind the abundance. So I'd like to hear a little bit from you. Let's get a little bit personal. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. And again, a uh, pleasure to be here sharing uh, any knowledge and stories that I have with your audience. So uh, as I mentioned, I live in Denver, Colorado. I've been here since 2010. I uh, actually grew up in Virginia. And one actually pretty unique thing is, um, so I got my degree, I have a master's degree in biomedical engineering, but my focus was in biomechanics and movement science. And I, I worked at a children's hospital and I've um, also done research with athletes. But my very first job out of grad school, um, so I went to University of Virginia. My very first job out of grad school was actually a research internship for nine months in Vail, Colorado. And that was back in 1995, and I was there for nine months. But I loved Colorado so much. Now, they didn't have a permanent position for me, so I moved back to the East Coast 
uh, in 96 when that job ended. But I made it a main focus of mine to get back to Colorado. And I think that's a uh, was really a key takeaway that helped shape, you know, my thoughts and my belief systems that, hey, I can design the type of life that I wanted. And I knew eventually I wanted to return to Colorado because I love the outdoor lifestyle, the mountains and all the adventure that you could hear in this beautiful state. And so even though my research internship just lasted for nine months, I just really had a permanent vision of where I wanted my life to go. And I knew it included uh, living in Colorado on a more permanent basis. And a lot of the things I did after moving back to the East Coast was shaped around getting back to that goal, getting back to living where I wanted to be in Colorado. And some of the decisions I made probably led up to my ultimate um, reality of moving back here in 2010. But on more personal level, you know, I love uh, adventure. Um, I love to be outside. Uh, I've uh, owned my own business since 2005, which is when I actually I ran a boot camp business in Dallas, Texas for five and a half years. Uh, but since 2010, when I moved to Colorado, I've been completely online doing various things that we may get into. Uh, but my background, um, besides the research, is in fitness. So I've got some uh, fitness programs, personal development programs. I just really love to help people. I love international travel. I've been to Guatemala and Costa Rica uh, recently, and, and that's one of my new goals and passions in life is to get back to countries in South America and Central America and to do more volunteer work in those countries. So just a little bit about me and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always a, a unique and wild journey, but never dull. Absolutely not. And um, I'll tell you what, we're definitely going to get into some of your travels and what's come of that based on what I know about your story. Because if I'm not mistaken, you and I got in contact originally through I think it was Vidal. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Vidal yeah. Cisneros. Cisneros. Yeah. yeah, and I heard you talking on his podcast, and I contacted Vidal and said, you got to get me in contact with Scott. <laughs> Absolutely, because you are perfect for what I'm trying to do over here at Men of Abundance, and we're going to get into that without a doubt. But, you know, I've looked at your websites. I've looked at the stuff you've done online, and super, super impressive. I mean, scottcolby.com is a beautiful site. The site itself is beautiful, but the scenery on the site is even more beautiful. There's some gorgeous people uh, there, and you obviously are very passionate about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's always been, I think, something that has served me well is being passionate about what I do. Because, you know, before I started my own business, I was in the corporate world like a lot of us are. And um, whenever whenever I, I lost my passion for the job that I was doing, I wasn't afraid to take that chance and head into a different direction. And so I mentioned I was in the research industry for a number of years, but it was a very small industry. And so if I wanted to actually change jobs, so that first one was in Vail, uh, it usually meant I had to change states because there wasn't a whole lot of options in, in, in each city. It was just kind of very limited field. And so that has served me well, though. Like if I lose my passion or my interest or my desire for something, I am not afraid to move on and recapture that passion with something else. Because if you're working at a job or doing something in your business, 
that doesn't feel right, that you're not passionate about, I think you owe it to yourself to look within and be authentic and be honest and be a, a man of integrity and just say to yourself, hey, I just it's I'm not feeling it. There's something missing here. I need to recapture what that is and see where my passion lies now. And it is, um, I think it's been that, it's been, um, I've, I guess I've just thought that way ever since I finished school uh, because <laughs> I remember the first job I had actually back in Vail, I didn't have a very good supervisor. And that really deflated me. I'm like, uh, it was just, it was not a good situation to be in. And, you know, even though that job was only for nine months, I had it in my head, I was like, there's no way I can be unhappy at a job for 40 years. You know, like, I, I can't imagine, you know, back then we were kind of taught that, hey, from college to your mid-60s, you're, that's kind of your defined as your working career, and after 65, you might retire. I was like, there's no way I can work for 40 years and be unhappy. That's like, you know, eight hours a day for 40 years that's a third of your life I'm like I can't do it um, so I decided right from an early age or at least an early age career wise that I was always going to be passionate about what I did whether it's working for somebody else or working on my own and starting my own business there's been a lot of bumps in the road and a lot of times where I've actually had to change directions because I've lost passion for things that I initially had passion for and don't be afraid to change directions and pivot if there's something else out there that you would rather be doing. All very good points and you know Scott we're going to get into that kick in the gut moment and that is that pivot point that enough is enough moment in just a minute but before I lose track I, I want to ask you what do you feel most men and most people in general are feeling at that point when they make that realization that they're not happy in their job because I just know there's a lot of people out there. I mean, you can see pe people put these memes and stuff, and it's, they make fun of it. But mm -hmm. to the core of it, most people that I see on a regular basis just are not... You know what? It's not that they're not happy with what they're doing. Some of them are not happy with what they're doing, but they're just not excited about what they're doing. I think about that The Incredibles, the cartoon The Incredibles. <laughs> yeah. You know, the dude is a superhero, and then he has to sit in a cubicle... And he has to put up with this, you know, jerk of a boss and do something he just does not feel is right. And he's just not where he's supposed to be. And the way I say it is we're all superheroes. We all have a superhero inside of us and we can all do amazing and great things in the world. But we're just stuck in this cubicle. So my question to you is, what do you feel that is stopping most people from doing what you did and stepping out and creating these beautiful things that you've created? I think a lot of it is is probably fear, um, and that could be that can be different types of fear. There could be fear of the unknown, like I I don't know what's going to happen if I quit my job and venture out on my own. So I'm going to stay in in my comfort zone because I'm I, I know what to expect. It could be the fear of you know financial security and giving that up. It could be fear of failure. Some people even have fear of success. But I think it definitely comes down to some sort of fear and uh, not knowing exactly what to expect. For me, I think that's where growth occurs when you do step out of your comfort zone and um, try something new. Try something that you've never done before because you'll be surprised that 
what you have going on in your head about the worst case scenario and failure and what what are all the bad things that can happen to you those rarely ever come to full fruition and in fact you could do a lot of beautiful things if you do step outside of your comfort zone so for me i think it's a it's a fear of not knowing what to expect uh and wanting to stay comfortable um and I really, one of the ways, one of the quotes I like is, do what you fear and fear disappears. And it's so true. You can really stay paralyzed um, if you don't take action. But if you think about some of the things that you feared in life, the only way to make it go away is actually to to do that, to do what you do fear. So, you know, actually one thing that I had to do, not had to do, but I did on one of our adventure trips was jump off a 30-foot cliff into the Colorado River, which was very, very cold. And it's not something I really was looking forward to do, but I was scared walking up that cliff, walking to the edge, but I jumped and it just really opened up my mind. Like, hey, there, there wasn't anything to be afraid about. It was just like a two second jump. I made it. Think of all the other things that may have been holding me back because I had this unfounded thought in my head that the bad things could happen and I think if you guys really think about it and just go through in in your mind okay I have this fear here's what I think might happen but is how like how reasonable is that thought if you think in those negative things and the worst case scenarios it's really not that reasonable or likely that that will occur so it takes it takes some um, conscious effort to actually get through a fear, uh, unless you just jump <laughs> and go without really thinking that much ahead of time. But I know it's fear, and it holds a lot of people back. And Wally, you said it perfectly. Like we may be content with our job, but we're not excited about it. And I think in life, you should be excited about what you're doing. You should be excited about your your career, your business, your relationships, your friendships, your, um, your, your finances, your spiritual beliefs. I think you should be excited about all of that. And if you're not, just kind of take a look at each one of those one by one and see what you're not excited about and really visualize what would make you excited about it and then take some steps to make it happen. Very excellent points. And another quote that I like that in reference to fear is the only cure for it fear is action like the kid jumping off the high dive it takes them forever to get off that first time but after that they're going again and again and again and again all they did was took action and made the leap and then one other fear to add to what you said and i totally agree with you in reference to various types of fear one that i hear quite a bit is the fear of losing that secure job and mm. it's a false security as we've learned time and time again just from the guests on men of abundance Many of them ended up where they're at today because they lost their job. They lost what they truly believed was a perfect job or a good job, at least, either through the business failing or just uh, things changing within the organization, within the economy, or even their own health uh, caused them to not be able to any longer do what they were doing. So all very good points. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, no problem. And, that, and that's a great point. If you're working for somebody else, your job is never actually truly secure. You, know, you could be at a job for 30 years and get blindsided the next day if they need to make some cutbacks. Right. And the other thing is, 
you don't have to take a big leap. You don't have to just quit your job and go do something else. You can start a side hustle. You, there are so many things out there that you have skills enough and, and the skills are at your fingertips, the education, the information, and you can start something on the side while you're still doing your full-time job. So, you know, you can consider that as well. So at this point, you know, what is that kick in the gut moment that you were referencing earlier that really kind of got you to where you're at today? Yeah, you know, Wally, um, (laughs) so I was working at a children's hospital in Dallas, Texas, doing research. And, you know, Dallas wasn't really the place I wanted to end up because I had that goal to be in Colorado, but it was a great job. Uh, I was not in the fitness industry yet, and uh, it was it was um, it was a job I was interested in, but one I knew I was probably wasn't going to stay at for the long term because, again, as with some of my past jobs, I just didn't like some of the politics that went on and some of the people that were supervising me. So after I was there for two years, I decided to get my certification uh, as a personal trainer and then I thought to myself you know Dallas isn't really one I really where I wanted to end up at that point actually I should rewind a little bit Colorado wasn't my number one place where I wanted to live at that point because I honestly wanted to live somewhere warm (laughs) Um, and Colorado isn't warm for about six months out of the year so while I wanted to actually move to an area that was warm, but also had some good outdoor recreation. So I thought, okay, Arizona. And so I actually took a leap of faith and I moved out to Phoenix without knowing anybody. Now I had visited there once before and had connected with a guy who owned his own gym. And he had two facilities and he also had a department where they trained athletes and also he was trying to start up an in-home training division as well. I thought this would be perfect. Kind of in my head, uh, being an athlete myself and always interested in sports, uh, the first um, kind of niche I wanted to go in after getting a certification as a personal trainer was to train athletes. I thought that sounded glamorous. I was like, great, this could get my foot in the door. I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to move to Phoenix and uh, I'm going to work with this gentleman. And he actually wanted me to run his in-home division. I was like, that's great. I can start off by going to people's homes, training them, and kind of get my foot in the door that way. And he said, you know, I could kind of be ahead of that division. That's perfect. It's almost like I'm running my own thing uh, without the uh, risk of having to own a facility. So, unfortunately, um, he wasn't a great person to work with. And after two months, so he actually had me doing things that uh, I wasn't supposed to be doing as far as our agreement. He, one of his facilities wasn't doing well. And he was having me almost like a bill collector, like a bunch of the members had not paid their membership fees. And he wanted me to contact them and get their fee. I was like, well, that's really not what I was brought there to do. But I did it for a couple months, and then I finally spoke up, and he fired me on the spot mm. after being there for two months. So I was there, and uh, so let me just paint the picture of the year this was. This was October of 2010, that I, or excuse me, October of 2000 that I had moved there. And two months later, right before Christmas in December of 2000, he had fired me. I was like, great. So I'm, I'm in a city, Phoenix, where I don't really know anybody. I made a few connections in the two months I was there, but 
I didn't have much money because <laughs> I gave up the secure job that I had in Dallas and uh, didn't have many connections. And that was a, that was a pretty low m- moment in my, my career. I had actually also had a girlfriend in Dallas and I'd moved away from her to live in Phoenix. So we were having a long distance relationship, but you know, it's, that's not easy as well. So kind of all these things were happening at one time. And I just thought to myself after I got fired, like, what have I done? I like, I had a girlfriend. I um, had a great paying job. It, it was a pretty nice job too in, in research at a children's hospital. And I gave that all up. And now here I'm, I'm left with nothing. Uh, and I'm, I'm scared. What do I do? Um, and this comes back to being grateful for my parents because they've always been supportive of me. Uh, whenever I've needed a, a, a loan, you know, if I am low on money, they've been there to support me. And of course, they were there to help me out, um, gave me a loan for some money to kind of get by. And I actually, I actually lived there for another five months. Uh, working part-time at a sporting goods store, and then also <clears throat> um, training some people in my apartment complex that I that I you know just put up flyers and such. But the neat thing is, uh, I started connecting with people online, um, and online was still fairly new back in 2000. It's definitely changed a lot today. But there was actually a fitness forum that I found, and I started to connect with people there. And there was actually a woman. Uh, coincidentally, who lived in the Dallas area, so back where I used to live, who was um, looking to hire a trainer to train clients at a wellness and basically a corporate fitness uh, situation, so for a company, uh, twice a week. So I started to think to myself, you know, things weren't still not going so well in Phoenix, and um, I, I was still pretty low on money, even though I had my parents' help. And I, I knew just things probably weren't going to work out in Phoenix. So I started to explore my options, one being to potentially move back to Dallas. Even though it's not where I wanted to live, it would just kind of help me get back on my feet. And the neat thing was this woman actually was interested in hiring me to train the corporate clients twice a week if I was willing to move back to Dallas. So at that point, I uh, contacted the hospital of the job that I had, and they had known my goals was to go into the fitness industry. So I actually asked them, hey, I'm thinking of moving back. Can I, can I actually work there three days a week instead of full time? And uh, luckily enough, they said yes. And so I moved back to Dallas. I worked at the hospital three days a week, and then I trained the clients for this other woman two days a week. And it was a perfect situation. It's like you said, Wally, and, and I probably didn't do it right because I took a huge leap. Uh, I quit my job totally and moved to another city. But coming back to Dallas, I was able to work part time at a good paying job while training clients for this woman and eventually start to get my own clients. So kind of a couple lessons there were one, have a support system. So one of my support systems were my parents, but another support system was connecting with people online. And then also making sure that you leave, if you're leaving a job, do it in good faith. So uh, I was able to come back to the hospital. I didn't burn any bridges. And 
uh, it did teach me a lot, um, move, taking that leap of faith and moving to Phoenix. Probably would have done things a little bit differently. Perhaps, you know, taking a part-time job uh, or, or perhaps just staying in Dallas and moving my full-time position at the hospital to part-time initially and building up my own business. But what it did also teach me is to take, it, it's okay to take chances. And I think that chance I took moving to Phoenix, even though it didn't work out, it set me up to be comfortable enough, not always like 100% comfortable, but comfortable enough to take chances uh, in other areas down the road over the, you know, basically the next 16 years, whether it's been, you know, things I've done like jump off a cliff or start my own business. It allowed me to open up my mind as far as what was possible uh, if I just basically have a nice network and a community around me that I can lean on in times of need. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I was actually born and raised in Phoenix, so I can, uh, if I had known you was there, I may have been able to put you in contact with somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Were you there when I was there? No, no. I I haven't been in Phoenix in 25 years, 26 years. Okay. I mean, I'm from there. I've still got people there and stuff like that, of course, but family and whatnot. I I was fortunate. I was going to say, I was fortunate I didn't live there during the uh, summer, so I moved in October, and I finally moved away in May. So if I had experienced the summer there, I might not. I might not have wanted to stay anyhow. Yeah, if you had gone during the summer, it would have been a whole different story for sure. Right, without a doubt. So, for the pivot point, what I really want to do is I want to transition to say it with gratitude. How did that come about? Because that is a beautiful, beautiful thing that you're doing there. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. So it's been a fun project I've been working on. So say it with gratitude. Uh, is a well we're starting out with thank you cards it's a subscription thank you card business uh, and our, our first line of cards have been designed by kids in Guatemala and uh, and then we're also partnering with pencils of promise which is a nonprofit that builds schools and develops educational resources uh, in a few countries one of them being Guatemala so the way this project got started Um, Well, I took a trip to Guatemala uh, two years ago, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But the way this actual project came about was back in December of last year, so just December of 2015, I was reading a book called Evolved Enterprise, and it it was by Yannick Silver, who's a pretty prominent uh, marketer. And he... He was given examples of all kinds of companies that do good. In other words, they tie in some sort of charity work with their business. And I've always loved companies that do that from my days of actually reading Start Something That Matters, which is authored by Blake Mykoski of the uh, Tom's Shoe Company. And they give away a pair of shoes for every pair sold and I've, I've loved that and it's made me want to do good and give back through my own business but I've never found something that really you know felt right or that I could kind of make uh, put into a system um, so anyway so I read a book called Evolved Enterprise and Yannick talked in his book about one of his students who actually um, with Yonix help, they put a business together doing something similar that I ended up doing with Say It With Gratitude. And they actually 
we're working with kids in Haiti uh, at an orphanage, and they had these kids uh, design the artwork for thank you cards, and then they sold the thank you cards, and a portion of every sale went back to help out other orphanages in Haiti. And I was like, oh, I love that because I'm, I'm so big on thank you cards. I, I send thank you cards out to my clients as part of my business. Uh, I like sending them random thank you cards out. Uh, my parents kind of instilled that uh, in me uh, from an early age when uh, we got Christmas gifts or birthday gifts from the grandparents. We always had to write thank you letters to them, which is really neat. And I found that as I thought about this more, kind of the art of the handwritten thank you note has gone out the window lately. You know, in this day and age of text message or, or Facebook messages or email, we're quick to maybe just say a quick like, hey, thanks for your help. And then boom, it's gone. And the recipient may feel good about it for a couple seconds, but it doesn't really have any deep meaning. So I thought, like, how could I replicate what Yannick did but involve Guatemala because I actually went to Guatemala, like I mentioned, in 2014. actually went back in 2015 as well. And while I was there, I actually helped to build uh, schools for kids in need in really poor areas of the country. And so I contacted Pencils of Promise because, like I mentioned, they actually build schools in Guatemala. And I told them, hey, I want to start this thank you card company. And I would love the kids in Guatemala that have already had a Pencils of Promise school built for them. I would love for them to maybe give back by designing the artwork for my cards. And then I, in turn, would give a portion of any sale I made back to Pencils of Promise. They loved the idea. And uh, a couple months later, they sent me in the mail. Uh, an entire stack of drawings that in that one classroom, it was a fourth grade classroom, had taken the time to actually uh, draw. And so I picked out my favorite uh, favorite drawings. I made them into thank you cards or gratitude cards. Each card says, I am grateful uh, on the front. Uh, and on the back, uh, it says the name of the kid who drew the card, um, as well as what grade they're in. And that uh, a portion of the proceeds goes to Pencils of Promise, and I am actually, as we're recording this, I'm in the middle of a, a, a crowdfunding campaign, uh, raising $10,000 to get this off the ground. Uh, and in the future, while I, so what I actually want to do is work with uh, six different charities uh, total for the entire year. So what I, what I plan on doing is working with other causes, all, all kid-based charities, because I, I love working with kids and helping them out. So I'm partnering up with other charities that fight kids' cancer, kids' hunger, autism, child abuse, organizations like that, and causes like that. And so our future cards, like our cards that will be coming out in January and February and March, those will be designed by uh, kids uh, that have been helped by those charities and will donate a portion back to, uh, to those charities and it's just been a really fun project. I, I want to expand it so it's not just thank you cards. We're going to have like gratitude journals, shirts where the artwork uh, has been drawn by kids. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun. I found, and you know, we talked kind of at the beginning of the interview, can, this can kind of pull it together in full circle that when you, when I've stopped being passionate about something, uh, I'm not afraid to move on. So 
I've had a very successful uh, fat loss online coaching program since 2012. I'm kind of losing my passion for that because I, I, I love helping my clients transform their body and, and lose weight. But I, I find that I can help more people if I help them change their mindset by number one, uh, expressing gratitude. Uh, and if, if you express gratitude every morning, you're going to feel more joy, happiness. You're going to appreciate life more. And if you're expressing it to somebody else, like you're writing a thank you card to them, you're going to impact their lives as well. So I just find that I can, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm more passionate about gratitude right now and where I could take that business um, and help even more people, whether it's the people sending the thank you cards receiving the thank you cards or the kids that are benefiting uh, through the charities that we're partnering with. It's absolutely beautiful. You know, just yesterday, and I mean literally yesterday, my wife received a condolences card because mm. her grandmother passed a week or so ago and she received a, an actual physical card. And I get my wife just, just today as a matter of no, this morning as a matter of fact, I left a card in my wife's car for her uh, just because. And I love cards as well. Now, at this point, how much of an impact is it making or at all? And um, I'm definitely going to want to make sure that you give us the link so we can add that to the show notes at menofabundance.com. Yeah, thank you. appreciate that. I think this is going to be huge. Um, uh, like for, for Pencils of Promise, I know like you, they can build an entire school with just $35,000, which is incredible. incredible. But even... Even just like $100, $200, that can educate a kid for an entire year. So a No Kid Hungry, which is an organization that I've looked into partnering with for future causes that I want to work with, you know, just a couple bucks can feed a kid for an entire week. It's just, it's amazing how little amount of money can go a long way with some of these organizations. And... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's just there's nothing else like it as far as I'm concerned helping helping kids because that brings us back to gratitude and appreciation where we we take for granted a lot of things that we have in life you know we have two legs to work on and and two eyes to see um, and we've got clean water to drink you brought up the the charity water there's so many unfortunate kids that don't have clean water and sick and they die from having dirty water and uh, I think we take it for granted um, you know kids I've had friends one of my friends that I worked with back in Dallas at the hospital her daughter when her daughter was like four or five uh, has had leukemia and just to think about a kid that has to go through chemotherapy and and just the battles the doctor's visits um, I worked with kids with cerebral palsy some of those kids had 18 surgeries, and here I am, able to you know sit here on the internet and uh, and talk to you, and, and life is good, and these kids are struggling. So, I think it's important to do work for for kids in any way that you can, and whether it's donating money or you know maybe donating your time, that's really really rewarding as well. Yeah, anything that you can give in your tithing, rather it be talents time or treasure it's mm. definitely without a doubt appreciated and we're kind of on the same path in that 
I was never a certified personal trainer, but I was doing group training for a while. I just feel so much more gratitude or, or I feel so much more abundant is the word I'm looking for mm-hmm. in creating this men of abundance society and doing like you said and changing mindsets and and that ultimately will help people change their bodies in the long run. But I think that's just a, a beautiful thing. And one of the things that I want to highlight out of Yannick's book, Evolved Enterprise, Men of Abundance, I strongly encourage you to pick up that book because sometimes this is one of those cases where don't judge a book by its cover. That book is all about for purpose organizations, which is a lot what we're talking about right here is creating a business for purpose. And not the purpose isn't just to make a profit, it's to make a difference in multiple facets and multiple lives. And it's the way a lot of companies are going these days. Uh, and uh, I just think it's a great way to do business. Yeah, I do. I do too as as well. And like I said, you know, I uh, you've mentioned Evolved Enterprise and I've read that. Um, I mentioned it as well. And that's a great book to read. And I mentioned uh, Blake Mykoski's book book start something that matters that was the first book that i read where i was like gosh i really want to make an impact i don't want to just start a, a business and, and and make a living i want to make an impact and that's i would recommend your readers um, read that as well start something that matters and then adam braun i don't know if you've read this wally uh the founder of pencils of promise he has his own book the promise of a pencil so a little bit of a different title than the actual organization that's made a huge impact on me as well. And he talks about how he basically created the organization. Wonderful story. It is a wonderful story. I do not have that book, but I'll certainly be picking that up. So Scott, at this point, we're going to pay it forward. You ready for that? I'm ready. Excellent. Men of Abundance, one thing I want to point out that you may have noticed amongst all of the guests that I've had on the show so far is all of them have some sort of daily habits that they follow, myself included. In fact, for the last five years, one of my daily habits that I have not missed is drinking a dense nutrition shake every single morning after my workout. I had never been a fan of any protein shakes or nutrition shakes or nutrition drinks or anything of that nature. I did get into smoothies at one time, but making smoothies, quite frankly, is very expensive and very messy in most cases. But about five years ago, my doctor told me that I had to do something about my cholesterol. Ironically enough, as it happens, divine intervention, call it what you want, I was introduced to this dense nutrition shake that completely turned my cholesterol around. On top of that, I had more energy, my esophageal reflux went away, my chronic joint pain wasn't nearly as bad, and I shed some weight, all within the first 28 days. I can talk all day long about what just 30 days of this dense nutrition shake will do for you. But until you try this stuff out yourself, you're going to continue to be as skeptical as I was. The cool thing is, is you can try Shakeology with absolutely no risk whatsoever. There's a bottom of the bag, 100% 30-day money-back guarantee. That means you can consume the entire 30-day bag. And if you don't see or feel the difference in your body, or you otherwise just are not completely satisfied, you can send the empty bag back and get all of your money back, no questions asked. And there are multiple different flavors you can try. Now my favorite flavor is the greenberry and the strawberry. My wife loves the vanilla and we both like the coffee latte. There's also chocolate and there's also a vegan chocolate and a vegan tropical strawberry. And there are even sample packs so you can try the various flavors. So to learn more about the benefits of Shakeology, go to menofabundance.com 
forward slash resources or just go to menofabundance.com, click on the resources tab, scroll down to the health and nutrition part and you're going to see the Shakeology tab. Click on that, take a look, and if you have any questions whatsoever, get a hold of me. I'll be happy to help. All right, let's get back to the show. So give Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Ooh, okay. One to three actionable steps. So I would start every morning by expressing gratitude. You can write it down in a journal. You can uh, uh, say it in your head, put it online, but express uh, gratitude. And I was about to say attitude, and that's probably uh, what I wanted to say. Have an attitude of gratitude, like you mentioned, like we did at the beginning of this call. Um, You're going to just feel better. It's a great way to kick off your day. Um, and it's going to make a big difference as far as how your day goes. Okay, so that's one. You said how many? One to three. One to three. Okay. Well, I also love to meditate. So I think a lot of us, uh, we look. So I've been talking a lot about energy lately, and I think a lot of us like to look at energy in terms of like, okay, what can I do to get more energy as far as drinking coffee? Uh, I don't think that's the way you should go about your trying to get through your day so look at energy through uh, relieving stress if you have a lot of stress in your life that takes a lot of mental energy can really drain you so one thing that I've started to do every morning is meditate uh, I use apps so I like guided meditation uh, two that I use are calm and then insight timer and these are great apps for guided meditation and then the third one, I would look at, you know, mentioned connections and relationships. Uh, I've been using this quote quite a bit over the last couple of days with my members. Um, Jim Rohn, you are the average of the uh, five people you spend the most time with. So I would actually look, <laughs> actually do this. Look at who you're spending time with. Are there any, are there any negative people, pessimists, energy drainers? that are consuming too much of your life and bringing you down. And if there are, how can you maybe spend less time with them and bring in more people of abundance who are fit and uh, ambitious and successful and go-getters and go-givers? They like to give back. Start hanging around with those people a lot more. Excellent advice. I love it. What habits make up the biggest impact in your life? Well, my morning ritual, my morning habits. Now, it it changes from time to time, but I do a combination of drinking a healthy smoothie, uh, which I hadn't done for a while, and I just started it back as a as a habit. Um, so that's kind of got my energy levels and my metabolism going first thing in the morning. That, along with some water, but really filling out a, a gratitude journal on a daily basis. Meditation, reading, I'm big on reading. Um, the book I'm currently reading is Life is Good. You guys probably know of the brand. They sell a lot of shirts with positive messages. The book is amazing as well. Uh, look at my affirmations. They uh, visualize what I want my life to look like. And then sometimes I do a morning workout, not all the time. I might save that for the latter part of the day or the latter part of the morning. But really that morning routine is so critical. If I, you know, I'm not perfect, but if I sleep in and uh, I check my email or Facebook right away, instead of doing the things I just listed, 
uh, then my day is just not as good. So I have that nice morning routine to, to get me going. Yeah, very beautiful. I like it. We've already mentioned quite a few books, um, but are there any other books that you would recommend to our abundant leaders? And if so, why? Oh my gosh, yes, we have, haven't we? Um, <laughs> and I named my favorite ones, but I think involved uh, I'm just looking around. So one I really like, I don't know if you've read this one, School of Greatness. Uh, Lewis Howes? By, yeah, by Lewis Howes. I started by listening to his podcast, The School of Greatness. And he just he's interviewed a lot of great people. They've done a lot of great things. Some of them give back. But then he kind of took the main messages and the main points from his probably over 200 interviews and condensed them into a book uh, with eight lessons on what it takes to be great. And so that's one that has really resonated with me. Uh, I've done a lot of the action steps from the book. And uh, so I'd recommend that along with the other ones that we've talked about. Excellent. Lewis has done a great job. We've talked about creating relationships. He has done such an amazing job at creating relationships. And it's something that uh, I think will serve everybody well, connecting with other people. You can't do it alone. We're, you know, we're a, a human species that need and thrive on other people in those relationships. So just wanted to mention that. No, absolutely. Completely agree. Great guy, too. So. This is my last question for you, Scott, and it's one of my favorite questions to ask. I'm always very intrigued about finding out how people think about this question, but that is, what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Mm, great question to end with. Um, I would say living a life of abundance is finding out what your passions are and what your purpose in life is, and then creating your life around those. And what I mean by that is like, for me, I gave that example of like, I wanted the outdoor lifestyle that Colorado affords. So I was able to design my life around living in Colorado. Uh, I mentioned that I'm, I'm big on a gratitude and thank you cards. How can I create a business around that? We didn't mention, but I also run adventure trips. So adventure is one of my passions. I meant. I guess I did mention a little bit as far as jumping off the cliff. Adventure is one of my passions. So how can I create a life around that? So when you start to create your life and your relationships around your purpose and your passions, I think you are definitely living a life of abundance. And to me, it's not really about having a lot of things, you know, material things or like more money than you know what to do with it's about making a difference and making an impact and waking up energized and ready to tackle the day and not dreading the day beautiful i absolutely love that answer so we're going to close this up and before we do i'd love for you to leave us with a short parting piece of guidance and any way that we can get in touch with you because i know you got a couple of sites out there and we will be sharing all of that in the show notes yeah, my thank you again for the opportunity, Wally. Um, I really enjoyed being here. My, I guess, words of my parting guidance, if you will, is start to see where you can appreciate other people. And I, I'm learning to do that um, as well. I've, I've actually created a, a summit where I've interviewed 35 people just on the topic of gratitude. And I've made sure at the end of each call, so kind of how I close the interviews as I asked them what they're grateful for, kind of like you did at the beginning, Wally. But I also took take a minute after they expressed gratitude to tell 
what I appreciate about them. It's almost like writing a thank you card to somebody, but I was doing it verbally during the uh, during the interview. And I think we've stopped acknowledging and appreciating people. And I think if we can get back into that in what other whatever form it takes, if you're not really big on handwriting a thank you card and mailing it out, that's okay. Call somebody up. You know, kind of we're in this digital age of always texting people or emailing them and those don't just have as much meaning call somebody tell them what you like about them appreciate and acknowledge them i think even better yet mail them a card so they can put it on their table or hang it up on their refrigerator and admire it for the next few weeks so that's my parting advice wonderful and how else can we get in touch with you yeah, thank you. Um, so scottcolby.com, you mentioned that website. That has my blog and my podcast on it. And then sayitwithgratitude.com is where you can learn more information about this gratitude movement that I'm starting, thank you cards and the Pencils of Promise charity that we're giving back to. Wonderful. Well, Scott, I truly appreciate your time. It's been an unbelievable conversation. I love what you're doing keep doing that and if there's any way that I can assist just let me know and I'll make sure that we share this out with everybody that we possibly can when this episode launches thank you very much Wally it was my pleasure to be here and uh, I appreciate you having me excellent have a great day thanks all right abundant leaders that's all I have for you today now go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward that's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance. Abundance.